The views and opinions expressed are those of the Wrestling Fans Insight and are not associated in any way with Libsyn.com or any of the major podcasting platforms. This podcast may contain some explicit language and adult material content not suitable for children. Listening discretion is highly advised. everyone welcome to episode 24 of the wrestling fans insight i'm your host john hoppy along with my co-host william hello how's things going this week busy as always uh, yep it's definitely been a kind of a different week for wrestling would you say mm, i'm not really sure how i feel about how this week went it was it was ups and downs yeah i would say it was more of a thumbs in the middle type of a week for being a wrestling fan, at least on our standpoint. Heather, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. And I guess yeah, I, I, should got, have, uh, I should have introduced that as our special co-host Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. I got I got got to get caught up on everything. So, and I actually watched NXT. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> was that kind of like breaking the barrier for you? Yeah, I because mean, I've been watching a little bit of it here and there, but um, I went back. I watched it on Tuesday, but I really didn't get to like totally pay attention to it. So I went back and watched it last night, so I could you know give it my full attention. So yeah, it, and I I enjoyed some aspects of it. So I'm gonna go start watching it. Awesome, Carolina. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you today? Well, I would almost say peachy, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to sugarcoat it. It's been a challenging weekend, but nonetheless, we're still going to try to end the week on a good note. We're going to have lots of fun on this episode, and I hope everybody else is ready to have some fun themselves. Oh, I'm ready. I, You know, I'm your girl. I'm always ready to have some fun. And don't you worry, I got my own top 10 list. Yes, I know everyone is, you know, waiting anxiously for my top 10, so. Well, I was a little worried because yeah. earlier in the week you said top 25, and I'm like, oh, shit. I, I know, but I just had to, you know, not everybody can make my list, you know, I had to trim it down. <laughs> kind of like Santa Claus. Not everybody was nice, so, yeah. Well, I hope you so. double-checked it, too. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Is there going to be some ho-ho-hos in there, too? Oh, you know, I don't I shared with Heather, and Heather, she was like, oh, okay, so. Just oh, Not the names. Just, oh, yeah, just, okay. Uh, just, oh, okay, so, yeah. Enough about me, though. Let's get this, let's just get this going, because that's what the people are here for. All right. Not to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get right to it. Um, I mentioned before the recording, we're going to mention it just one more time, so... We're going to do a little bit of the change of the format. We're going to try to keep each segment to 30, 35 minutes at most. I am going to set a timer, so we're kind of keeping in track and keeping the podcast within pretty much what the average podcast goes in time. So we haven't quite started the countdown yet, but we're going to go right into it right now. We're going to go ahead and start off with WWE's Monday Night Raw to start off with the match results. 
in the first, or I should say, sorry, second round, the semifinals for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament. The team of Dakota Kai and Io Sky defeat the team of Alexa Bliss and Asuka. We had Finn Balor in the second match get the victory over Dolph Ziggler. And Chad Gable in match number three apparently does a, I guess you can call it the Alpha Academy Open Challenge, where anybody was willing to come out. And that was answered by the guy who got the victory over Chad Gable, Kevin Owens. In match number four, which was set up earlier in the program through promos, Bailey gets the victory over Aaliyah. Match number five, it was a tag team contest that went to pretty much a no decision between Tommaso, or not Tommaso, guess we just call him Champa now. Champa and The Miz were taking on Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. And the main event for the night, we saw Edge get the win in his hometown against Damian Priest. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting night. I would say probably the best match for sure was definitely Damian and Edge. Watching Edge give Damian the nod, you know, how'd you feel about that one? I honestly, the, the hometown hero thing kind of killed it for me. I mean, it, it went exactly as I expected it to go. Well, yeah. I mean, are you just saying just because Edge got the victory over the Damian Priest, who should be the upcoming talent? Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But now the feud is getting more interesting. As we saw post match, Judgment Day was attacking taking it to Edge, and Beth Phoenix comes in from the crowd and fends off Judgment Day by herself, trying to make sure she protects her husband, Edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely, once again, expected that once we saw that Beth Phoenix was there. Yeah. It it was definitely... It was good. It was it, a good it, match. It was a good match. I just... I guess maybe we just have different takes on that one. But um, there was quite a few surprises on Monday Night Raw... I mean, it started off with Rollins and Riddle brawling in the backstage. Trish Stratus making it sound like maybe she wants to come back. I think that would be a good thing, you know. I mean, I'm sure the single guys would really appreciate it right now, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but she is a good wrestler overall. I thought the WWE women's tag team match between the four women was... Really killer match. All four women seemed to match up really well. It was given a decent amount of time to tell the story. However, we're going to be seeing those two teams in a six-women tag match coming up at the Clash at the Castle with both Bailey and Bianca Belair being to their respective pairs. Uh, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler loved the match. You can never go wrong with Dolph Ziggler in any kind of match, whether he wins or loses. It doesn't hurt that guy. But both of them were veteran talent, and they show why, I guess they should be showing, they displayed why they really are kind of the examples to follow in today's wrestling. Yeah, they were doing exactly what they always do. They uh, they had a great competitive match, and they were on point. Uh, the one thing I did notice that had me laughing was towards the end of the match there, uh, Ziggler clearly leaned into the hit. Oh, yeah. I 
I didn't notice that part. I, I almost noticed a grin on his face when he did it. Oh, like he knew he messed up? Yeah. Yeah, it happens. I think there was actually a couple of those moments throughout this week's programming where guys were like, oh shit, that was a mistake. But Yeah, but they played it well. Yeah, I mean, you can always fend off well from it. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on, Nalia gets herself into a match with uh, Bailey for later in the night. Obviously, Aaliyah being the hometown girl for that night on Monday Night Raw. Unfortunately for her, I don't think it played out very well. It didn't even seem like her own home crowd was into her. But that could be me, too, because I've always said if you attend a live event, even a TV event, sometimes when you go back to watch it, the crowd when you attended live is nothing like what you hear on TV. Sometimes the TV just gets a little too edited when it comes to that type of a production. Yeah, and I kind of want to throw it out there for Aaliyah because she is doing better week by week. Yeah, I think she definitely will get better as she wrestles more. I don't think she had enough time on NXT to really develop her skills a little bit better. No. Unfortunately, that's kind of the fault on creative. Moving her up to main roster just a little bit too early. I know she's been in with NXT for years, but clearly it showed when she first started she wasn't quite to that level yet. Moving on to the Alpha Academy Open Challenge, Kevin Owens comes out. Obviously, he's the hometown hero. The crowd went nuts for the guy, and I don't know. It just it was a different atmosphere when you see Kevin Owens comes out and takes charge of the match and just totally dominates his opponent. The I love seeing the prize fighter version of Kevin Owens. Yeah, it's good to see that back, but we've always been fans of Kevin Owens. He just he goes out there and he does such a great job te- I, telling the story. Well, and he's an ass kicker too, so I mean, you can't go wrong with that. We find out just shortly after uh, there's a little bit of a change to the women's tag team tournament. It was announced that Gigi Dolan suffered an injury and Toxic Attraction is now out of the tournament where they just advanced the week before, unfortunately. If it is a legitimate injury, hope she gets better and heals fast. So, unfortunately, on SmackDown, we end up finding out there's going to be a fatal four-way for the last chance where the teams who did not make it through the first round get that last opportunity. We'll get more into that once we get to the SmackDown part. Uh, Bailey versus Aaliyah, the match didn't really do it for me. I thought it could have been a much better showing. Clearly, even though Aaliyah is still improving a little bit, I just don't think she was ready. Champa and The Miz with going on to take on Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. It, <laughs> this one kind of threw me in the loop with everything going on. Dexter Loomis, mid, well, toward the end of the match, kidnaps The Miz. Yep. I, it was a great match up until that point, and then it just became comedy. It, well, <laughs> it got bizarre. Did you even recognize the first guy that they un- unhooded? I did not. I didn't find out who it was until I read the article later. Oh. He's a hometown wrestler. Oh, okay. So they used basically hometown talent to... Yeah. All right. Yeah, it just kind of threw me off because I'm like, I don't recognize that person whatsoever, and then... All of a sudden, they went from someone trying to kidnap AJ to someone kidnapping the Miz. Yeah. 
So obviously we're probably going to see a takeover with Loomis and who knows, maybe he'll have a group going. Yeah, the the only thing I'm worried about is if they try to move Indy up a little too quick. Yeah, Indy still needs a little more time in NXT to develop a little bit better and we'll get into that because she is a part of NXT for this past week's uh, programming. Going on, Johnny Gargano makes his uh, surprising return. I know a lot of people who tuned in last week and have mentioned it before, wondering when Johnny was coming back. To be honest, it was even a total surprise for me, but I'm sure many people have been reading Dirt Sheets. Had a feeling it was coming. I just don't get into Dirt Sheets because I don't believe anything until it's true. Yeah, no, and I love this. This was actually my favorite segment for the entire week, and I'll tell you why. Just that super kick to Theory's face. That did it for me. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it shouldn't have shocked me that Theory was coming in to interrupt to try to reunite with Gargano. Oh, yeah. But then tried to reverse the roles where Theory was going to have Gargano hold the briefcase and his bags and all that. And Gargano sticks it to him. That was an awesome segment. Uh, it was also announced we're going to see Kurt Angle on, involved in Raw, which will be pretty cool since it is in his hometown. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've seen him. Yeah, well, for me, since literally, I think it was, what was it? Last October, actually, when I was on the cruise ship, <laughs> the Jericho cruise ship. Then we just go right into the main event for Damian Priest coming up short against Edge. I think I may have mistaken said Damian Priest got the win over Edge, but no, it was Edge got the victory over him. Um, but it was a good match. But the shenanigans that happened afterwards with everyone attacking Edge, I guess we should have saw that coming. Especially with Beth ah Beth Crow Beth Phoenix being in the crowd, there's somebody knew there had been some involvement going on, and we did saw it. She fended off Judgment Day, which was. Pretty cool, but who's going to be their third? Probably Rey Mysterio. I don't know. I think they ought to just throw a surprise in there. Yeah, that would be interesting. I heard lots of different theories. Uh, one especially on the Hill Truth for, that's hosted by At Hill Billy Hill. Uh, he just recently did a podcast episode with At Yellow Shoe Guy where they were actually just talking about this whole angle with the Mysterios, Judgment Day, Edge. Lots of different interesting possibilities right there if you tune in right toward the end of that podcast. We're going to go right into NXT 2.0. Luke uh, Gallus ends up getting a count-out victory over Briggs and Jensen. It was for the NXT UK Championship, but titles don't change hand on a count-out. Cameron Grimes gets the victory over Javier Bernal. Blair Davenport defeats Indy Hartwell. Poor Indy. Then we have the Dyad getting the victory over Cruz del Toro. And I forget his... I always space his name. Basically Legato del Fantasma. That just drives me nuts. Oh, Joaquin Wilde. That's what it is. My apologies. Tyler Bate gets a actually a pretty impressive victory over Von Wagner. And in the main event, which was little... I don't know if it was a little much. It it had its good moments, but in the lights out match, Wendy Chu defeats Tiffany Stratton. The show opens up with Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate pretty much setting up a title for title match unification at 
NXT Worlds Collide. Uh, not much to add to the Gallus and Briggs and Jensen match. I was a little frustrated with the involvement of both Pretty Deadly, well, all three Pretty Deadly, Flash Legend, basically interrupted the match, but Diamond Mine came in after the match. At least they waited until it was done. They make their attack all over Gallus for the week before. Then we see Charlie Dempsey, if anybody has not done research yet, that is William Regal's son who makes his NXT debut with Andre Chase University. Uh, Grayson Waller does his first ever Grayson Waller effect segment with Apollo Crews and pretty much ends up starting their feud between the two. Grayson Waller just doing his best to antagonize the hell out of the NXT veteran. Yeah, and he's real good at being annoying. He's basically <laughs> like the NXT version of MJF. Yeah. Maybe not quite as a... Well, no, he's... No, he, he's that obnoxious. He's that big of a dickhead. We'll give him that. But uh, we saw that segment end with Apollo Crews knocking Grayson Waller on his ass. Awesome. Pretty deadly. Gallus have a little bit of a disagreement in the backstage. Von Wagner promotes his match with Taylor Bate. Cameron Grimes and Javier Bernal. I thought Cameron Grimes looked really well this match. No, he did good. To me, this was like a very perfect match between the two. The only thing that I wasn't super happy with is the fact that it was somewhat of a squash match. I mean, this was his debut. Well, yeah, Javier Bernal didn't really have much for offense. No. There was very little, but we saw that mainly because I'm sure Schism was right there watching on <clears throat> as I go through puberty again. Hmm. Damn voice. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. But we saw the Schism right there at the top of the podium trying to play a little more mind games with Cameron Grimes, which it did not work, and it made Cameron a little more focused. Blair Davenport makes her NXT wrestling debut against Indy Hartwell. That was a killer match by Davenport. Yeah, it it was a killer match by both. Uh, Indy Hartwell did a lot better than she's been doing the past few weeks. Uh, but Blair Davenport was definitely impressive, too. Yeah, and then after the match, we see uh, Blair Davenport pretty much, you know, calling out Mandy Rose because... With NXT UK pretty much coming to an end, Blair Davenport was the number one contender for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So you might as well just call out the number one at the NXT 2.0 level. Mandy Rose comes out, claims she's the most dominant champion and put respect on her name, but then we get another surprise. Miko Sudanama... Uh, let me try that again. Miko Satomura the NXT UK Women's Champion comes out. And for anyone who does not know much about her, I really recommend, really, really recommend going back and watching a lot of her stuff from the other promotions she's wrestled in. This gal is a legend in the professional wrestling business. And Satomaro basically says, hey, Let's make this a triple threat thanks to Blair Davenport making her case that she was number one and was expecting a pretty much a championship opportunity. And we saw that at the end of the night. All three women are going to have a triple threat match at NXT Worlds Collide. So there will be one champion between the NXT Women's Champion and the NXT UK Women's Champion. Then we see 
Tony D'Angelo's family in the back. Tony pretty much laying down the law to Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro. We see Wesley with Caden Carter and Katana Chance, just more mumbling nonsense. Indy Hartwell in the ring after a long couple segments, <laughs> having her little pity party, I guess, because she's been not doing so well since she's been on her own. But we see Dexter Loomis come back in the ring, take her away to the back, give her a love note, and he's taken away by local enforcement. Cora Jade makes it pretty known that she's the... I guess what you can say is she's the alpha female now of NXT. <laughs> and then going to match number four, the Dyad defeating the team of Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. I thought that was a really good match whatsoever. What about you? Yeah, I I don't even have any complaints about the match. Uh, Legado del Fantasma has always done well. I was more interested in the fact that the dyad has come to start actually performing on a pretty good level. Yeah, they're coming together. Uh, the first couple of matches they had were a little bit awkward. Yeah, they were shaky. But they're, I think without having those damn robes on them and wrestling, <laughs> that, that obviously made things a little bit better for them. But what was really cool was after the match, you know, seeing D'Angelo berate the... Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar pulls up in the SUV and says, hey, Familia sticks together, get in, and I think we're seeing the entire Familia going to the main roster right there. Which is the perfect choice. Right. But the only thing that bugs me about that whole segment is, why do you have those stipulations at the street fight if you're negating it? Yeah. What, a month later? No, last week. Heatwave was last week when they had oh, the street yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just... Might as well have just moved them. Yeah, you, it should have just had different stipulations or just say, look, one faction goes, the other stays, all that crap. Hmm. Anyways, we go into match number five. Tyler Bate defeats Von Wagner in what was a pretty good match. Little guy versus... Well, I let's just call it for what it was. Definitely a David versus Goliath match. Little guy against big guy. But make no mistake, Tyler Bate is one hell of a talent. He is a very strong dude, and he's proven that, not just in the NXT UK inaugural championship tournament, but throughout his reign as NXT UK champion the first round. This is once again a first for me as far as watching anybody from NXT UK. Um as far as bait goes, I absolutely loved everything I saw with his technical wrestling and his abilities. Yeah. And then in, moving on, we had the Diamond Mine and Briggs and Jensen having their little scaffold about the NXT UK tag teams coming in and invading. Eventually, we probably see uh, those two teams collide with each other, and we'll see a unification between the two tag team championships, I'm sure. Then in the main event, the lights out match, Wendy Chu defeating that very annoying Tiffany Stratton. I tell you, that was, uh, I see you laughing your ass off over there, but go ahead. What's your thoughts? I mean, it was a good match. It really was. It's just, 
Wendy Chu comes out, and finally she takes that stupid onesie off, and we get more pajama-like crap. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the match goes, Stratton did a great job. Chu did a good job. Uh, the one thing I did take notice is the crowd really got into it, especially when Tiffany Stratton was taking those hits, you know, going through the bed. Yeah. yeah well, how about the Legos? Yeah. Yeah, those things freaking hurt. Anybody who's ever dealt with them, you know. Yeah. You know what it feels like. Well, she sits there, whacks <laughs> Tiffany Stratton with a pillow bag full of Legos. Yeah. But unfortunately, as she dumps them out, it backfires on her as Tiffany got the... As Tiffany basically slammed Chew right on those things. Yeah, that's about the worst weapon you could possibly actually introduce into the ring. I'm sorry. Hands down, Legos win. Over tax? Yes. Uh, yeah. They just... Uh. But, anyhow... Heather, what do you think of NXT 2.0 overall? I, I really enjoyed it, but apparently when I went back and watched it, it left out some of the matches that y'all were talking about. Uh-oh. I don't. Yeah, uh, for some reason on the replay, it left out the first two matches y'all were talking about. Because it started off with, uh, let me see where it started off, because I wrote it down. I don't know why I did it because on the replay of uh, Raw, it left off uh, Dolph Ziggler's match. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because it started off with uh, Grayson Waller effect is what it started off with. It didn't even show the, the two matches that y'all were talking about. That's uh, really interesting there. It, it started off with uh, they're coming out with the with, with the belts with Braun Breaker at and Tyler Bate, and then it started off with the um, the Grayson Wilder effect. Did not show the first two matches at all. Oh, man. Yeah, I was like, so I didn't even know what y'all was talking about. Now, what kind of crap is that? <laughs> you're, sitting here like, <laughs> you're sitting here like, Will and John, what are you guys on? Yeah, I was like, what, what matches are they talking about? <laughs> oh, dear. What What service are you subscribed with? Uh, it's on Hulu, and uh, when I did read the read the replay, and the, yeah, it didn't even show those two matches, and just like with Raw, it left out the the Dolph Ziggler match. I'm like, what? What the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, interesting. I've had those issues with Directv, but not Hulu. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I use Sling, and I get everything on the on the replay there. That's interesting. Right? Yeah, it did. That's what it did to me. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try to make sure you get involved in something here that you were able to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, I really enjoyed the match with, um, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Wendy Chew, Chew and Tiffany Stratton match, I really enjoyed that. I was like, because especially when she was getting, Tiffany Stratton was getting hit like she was, and the Legos, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. But, you know, them Legos, they really do hurt. <laughs> yes. You know, if you've ever <laughs> stepped on one or landed on one, yeah, I have. <laughs> Them things hurt like a son of a bitch. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Well. But yeah, I enjoyed that, and then um, I did enjoy the dyad match, and um, also uh, the Tyler Bate match. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, Tyler Bate. He's he's a really special talent that. For as young as he is, he I believe he won the NXT UK Championship 
when he was 19 years old. So I believe that makes him pretty much one of the youngest top champions in any promotion, if I recall. I'm sure someone might correct me on that later on once we get to the other listener segment. Anywho, we're going to go ahead and go right into SmackDown. There really wasn't a whole lot to me. This was a, another disappointing show. But let's get right to it. Ricochet gets the victory over Happy Corbin again. In the last chance, Fatal 4-Way, which this match had no logistical sense defining Fatal 4-Way. The team of Natalia and Sonya Deville defeats the team of Shotzi and Zia Lee, Dana Brooke and Tamina, and Dewdrop and Nikki Almost Superhero. And then... In match number three, it's the semifinal where the winners, Natalia and Sonia Deville, come up short against the team of Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah. They move on to the finals against Dakota Kai and Eosky on Monday Night Raw, I believe, for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Then the main event of the night, Drew McIntyre defeats Sami Zayn, but unfortunate aftermath for Drew. Then... Let's just go ahead and break it down. Ricochet, Corbin, another great match. Corbin seemed a little more focused, but he kept pandering to the crowd, and it costed him big time. Yeah, it was kind of weird because he didn't focus much on Pat McAfee as much this time. That was probably the best part right there. Uh, But uh, this was kind of an odd win. I was not expecting Ricochet to topple Corbin. No, I was expecting an even odd 1-1 after this one. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the fact, though, that after the match, Pat McAfee took the telestrator and kept mocking <laughs> the hell out of Corbin. It, and you could even hear Michael Cole finally give in. He starts laughing his ass off. So then we see uh backstage segment, Street Profits, Hit Row, kind of just hitting it off with each other. Kerry and Koss cuts a promo, pretty much antagonizing Drew McIntyre again. I have a really bad gut feeling we're going to see him get some kind of involvement in between Roman Reigns and the Drew McIntyre match at ah, Clash of the Castle. Then we go into that last chance, Fatal 4-Way. I don't have much to say about that. that. For one, it was quick. Two, it ended up being pointless. Well, Fatal 4-Way match usually means all four, you got the four people in the ring. To me, it would have made sense to have a member of each team in the ring at the same time. Yep, done it tornado style. Or even that, you know, I mean, yeah, that one kind of, to me, it would have made more sense to have an elimination match, especially being a two-hour program. Yeah, they had plenty of time to work with, so... Really no excuses on this one. And the funny part is, I don't know, maybe I missed something, but when Sonya tagged herself in, she tagged Dana Brooke in that last little bit. Yeah. I don't think Dana Brooke was the was the legal person for her team. No, know? there was actually quite a bit of that going on throughout that match. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the logistical sense in that whole match was already lost for me, so it really didn't do much. To me... If you were going to just do that, you might as well have just said, since Toxic Attraction can't compete, you should have just took their opponents and moved them to the next round. 
Yeah. That or just make it an elimination match. Yeah, which is why I had such heartburn with that next match. Yeah, it was a little frustrating. But we're going to move on. Seamus Gunther pretty much have a stare off, holding their little minions back from beating the shit out of each other. Sami Zayn pretty much getting manipulated again by the bloodline in Roman Reigns' locker room. Then that semifinal match, as we mentioned, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah defeats the team of Sonia Deville and Natalia. Yep. Absolutely pointless. They should have just named those two as the successors anyways. Yeah. Well, the thing that just drove me nuts is for that last little bit, you didn't see much of Aaliyah. She came in and celebrated once Raquel Rodriguez did all the work. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, I don't know. After that match, we see a little segment with the maximum male models, and (laughs) they got distracted apparently by Hit Row's music which was being played, unfortunately, which they didn't know by the Street Profits. Uh, I guess you can say touring bus, touring motorhome, whatever you want to say that big behemoth was. So Maximum Mel Malls took it upon themselves to enlist Los Lotharios to spray paint Street Profits bus until they found out it wasn't hit real street bus. And then they clear away once... <laughs> Hit Row told them that wasn't our bus, and Street Profits come out, and everybody scattered like cockroaches. Then we see another segment, New Day, Viking Raiders, same old shit. Then in the main event, Drew McIntyre gets the win over Sami Zayn, which Sami Zayn took a brutal, or not, well, yeah, Sami Zayn took the beating from Drew, but it was set up that way on purpose, obviously. Unfortunate for Drew, he took the beating after the matches, Roman Reigns, the Usos and Sami Zayn all teamed up against him and pretty much left him a pretty battered and bruised mess. If any of you saw the aftermath pictures online, Drew's back is uh, <laughs> pretty bruised up there and lacerated. SmackDown again didn't really do it for me. It was a kind of a bummer program. You, you would agree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I really don't have much for SmackDown. I was, I don't know why I spent two hours on that. Yeah. Well, luckily I. My DVR space that records for over the air didn't record it. So I went back and watched it on Hulu. And yeah, it just was a little frustrating. What's your thoughts on that, Heather? Yeah, I I really didn't like it either because uh, the whole thing when um, Sonya Deville and uh, Natalia won, and then the the whole thing and um, the Raquel, I thought Raquel and Aaliyah should have been involved anyway like with the fate of boy that was so stupid you know i just really didn't i really didn't like it and then of course drew getting beat up at the end which we knew that was coming anyway you know and uh, like i've seen the online pictures of his back and that was terrible but like and sammy with his whole thing with uh, with roman and the usos that was just so funny because he roman and uh jay just broke out laughing you know they broke character because Sammy was acting a fool, but, you know, that was about it. Yeah, and that's something you thought you would expect from Vince McMahon, because every once in a while, he likes to find ways to get the guys who play their characters so well and try to get them to break character. You tried to do that to Undertaker, and the funny thing was Undertaker came close, but he managed to get to the back before it happened. But Sammy, he, he did a really good job at getting... Roman laughing and 
you see Jay in the back trying to cover his mouth, trying to show that he's not laughing. It, yeah. It was just good to see kind of that segment every once in a while. Yeah. Because, yeah, he did a good job to get them the break because he was his little dancing that he was doing. I thought that was funny. <laughs> All righty. Well, Carolina, my enforcer, are you ready? I'm here. Okay. So we're okay. Gonna, I'm here. I'm enforcing. Okay. All right. I'm enforcing. We're gonna give uh, anybody who wants to participate. Uh, go ahead, give them the mic. We're gonna give you about 15 minutes to get your comments, questions, any insight out there. Yeah, and let's okay. go. Okay. Well, um, we gave the I gave the mic to the usual our usual um, uh, you know, Commander Jay. Hello, uh, Jason, and uh, give one to James if he'd like. But if you'd like to, uh, you'd like to speak. Please, you know, raise your hands. We appreciate it. Vac, I, I don't even know anything about you. So right now we're just going to, um, um, we're not, you're not familiar to, to us. So just sit tight. And uh, so if anybody has a question, Jay, Jason, speak up. I, I want to wait until he uh, reviews AEW. Or do you just want to split this up with AEW and WWE? No, we're just covering WWE right now. Okay, because I really don't really have any questions or anything for the WWE side. So I'm kind of good for right now. All right. Okay. Good. Jay, what about you? No questions as of right now. I'll just wait until uh, the AEW thing, too. Okay. Well, it's been, a, it's been a, a great show so far. So back at it, I guess. <laughs> Well, that was kind of interesting. I was, uh, I'm guessing AEW was the winner this week for everyone, the way it's sounding. Well, you got to give the people what they want. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's that's AEW side there. Well, can I say something <clears throat> about uh, Raw? Go for it. Okay, um, I enjoyed the match between um, Edge and uh, Damian Priest. I know it was expected that Edge would win, you know, because he's the home type town hero or whatever but the fact that he did the canadian destroyer and everything like i just thought that was so cool and um then of course with beth coming in you know and chasing off you know judgment day i'm just hoping that it is going to be a match with them and everything but yeah i really enjoyed that match and you know of course it was expected of edge to win but i just wanted to say that no i agree i thought it was a good match I think the only thing that was some conflicts there was mainly I think a lot of people were hoping the hometown hero was going to give the nod to Damian Priest. But to be honest, this match didn't really even hurt Damian Priest with that loss. It Edge showcased a lot of good things out of Damian Priest. The one thing I did not really like in Damian Priest's uh, career so far is having him as a baby face because anybody who watched him as Punishment Martinez in the in his Ring of Honor days, it clearly showed he is just one of those badass heels that can get the job done. And he was not getting any reaction even when he was with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Bad Bunny was more over than Damian Priest, sadly. However, I think ever since they got Damian Priest to finally go full heel. 
it's changed the game for his character, and people are getting more into it as the bad guy and not the good guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Damien Priest is doing better since he is the bad guy. And oh, and I also wanted to say one thing. Um, I really enjoyed Theory getting his head kicked in. I think everybody did. I, I, I there was a what was the episode? Wrestling with the Truth, their podcast, they actually just recently did an episode of Are There Any True Hills Out There? And I made the point of pointing out, hey, you <laughs> you missed Grayson Waller. I think they talked a little bit of theory. They weren't quite sure on him. I think theory is going to be pretty much a good prospect of carrying the Hill traditions. I would definitely say Damian Priest, if as long as they keep him the way he's going now, he's going to become a very recognizable heel. But yeah, definitely watching Theory get his butt kicked, that's what everybody hopes for because he's done such a great job pissing everyone off with his really arrogant attitude and it's all about him. And I'll tell you, he he definitely got the fans going on him big time. Yeah, especially with the whole thing where um, Vince McMahon was pushing him so hard and stuff like people really did not like that. And then now, um, you know, like people, people were talking about, oh, well, he's going to get buried because Vince being gone and all that stuff. I didn't see somebody even accuse me of thinking that, oh, you thought he was going to get buried because Vince is gone. No, I never said that. Uh, I don't see him because like, he is a good talent. He's just he's playing his role like he's supposed to, and he's getting the fans to hate him, and that's his job. And he's doing a very good job at it. And I just, I like him getting his head kicked in. I mean, because I don't like him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, tell us how you really feel. Don't like sugarcoat it or anything. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. Oh, I'd just like to throw in, I, I had no uh, words about Austin Theory. He was a Triple H project before he was brought up to the main roster. And before the whole Vince angle uh, kicked in, so um, I, I'm, I'm quite confident Austin, Austin Theory. He's he's going to be somebody to watch moving forward. No, I agree. I said it many times. Austin Theory, being at 24 years old, wrestles at the level of what you've seen a lot of your main event guys become, like John Cena, Randy Orton. I think he. If he keeps going the way he is, he's definitely going to be one of those guys you can say will eventually be at the end of his career. And when it's all said and done, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's gotten so quiet. Does anybody else have anything? I just would like to point out that Heather, she just she's all about people getting their heads bashed in. Last week it was Roman Reigns. This week, I, I just... I don't want to say that, you know, Heather's violent, but damn that girl. She loves her some violence. Well, That's all. Well, Sergeant Slaughter just had his birthday this week, and she's already pointing him I to know, my direction. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. She's all about violence. Better watch out for Heather. Damn that girl. Woo. <laughs> I'm Better saying, get away before, you, before your head gets bashed. I'm just saying. I'm sitting here <laughs> behaving like a good boy, and I got some heat with her apparently. I guess so. I mean, you better you better take a look in the in the mirror at your head because you know what? By the time Sergeant Slaughter's done, it ain't gonna look the same. I'm just saying. I think I will spend all next week doing some reflection on myself. Of course, there she goes again with that whole Sergeant Slaughter deal. What is with this right now? 
I know. You know what, Sergeant Slaughter? He's just he's he's a part of the Heather fan club. You better watch. I, out. I, I still have yet out, to hear Jay. from the guy after what I told him. Jay, Jay, you know what? You're probably next in line to get your head bashed in. I'm just saying. Well, I told him. I told him happy birthday at midnight on his birthday, and he told me thank you, and he retweeted and everything. So I think I'm special. So <laughs> yeah, she's special. Yeah, look at your head. Your head's about to be bashed in. I'm just saying. You better all start sucking up to Heather now. I'm just saying. And she doesn't Ooh, like Eminem. We're sucking up to Heather now. That's all right. She, yeah, she likes Eminem. So you better, you know, start sucking up before your head gets bashed in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're back from the short break of a little music there you heard. We're going to go right into AEW's programming. We'll start off with Dynamite. In the very first match, Jay Lethal gets the victory over Dax Harwood. Colton Gunn taking over his father now, getting the victory over Billy Gunn. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeats Kylan King for the AEW Undisputed World Championship. John Moxley defeats CM Punk. And in the main event, the AEW Trios Tournament Semifinal, United Empire's Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open defeats the team of Death Triangle. A little bit of an interesting program there. Um, I, I kind of felt like the booking should be getting better, but it's starting to, as you've been saying lately, some of it turns, what is it, stagnant, you say? Yeah. It's kind of getting that way because I'm starting to see a lot of the gripes we had with before Hunter took place and took his place back in WWE. We're seeing a lot of the storylines recycle. And we'll get right to it right now. The first part, the segment with Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia having conflicts because, you know, Garcia felt conflicted that Jericho ruined his moment when he wrestled his hero and finally got the respect from his hero. And Jericho, of course, trying to manipulate him, tell him, no, you're a sports entertainment or sports entertainer, not a pro wrestler. Brian Danielson comes to the ring and, of course, muddies the water. And it ends up being where Daniel Garcia pushes off Jericho again and leaves the ring because he's very conflicted. This ends up setting up a little spackle between. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, I keep doing that again, and Chris Jericho, they agreed they're going to have a match at AEW's All Event next week. And of course, you know, get that one little upmanship from Chris Jericho. Jake Hager comes in from the behind and attacks the hell out of Brian Danielson. To me, that just kind of seems like typical. He'll get in the ups, you know. It just seems like we're always going to see some type of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I got my own words for it. Yeah, to me, it just seems like it's getting really lame with the same old shit, basically. What you were pointing out with me using the term stagnant, um, the other term that I've used to describe these just same played over stories is regurgitation of the same old crap. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's just getting old. It's time to maybe change things up a bit. I just, yeah, this the segment didn't do very well for me at first, other than the cool moment at Daniel Garcia's, you know, kind of stepping up to the plate against his other mentor. Yeah. We go into a, actually, a, what was pretty decent match between Jay Lethal and Dax Harwood. I mean, Dax has shown, Dax and Cash Wheeler both shown that they can compete on the singles level. Jay Lethal, everybody already knows how great of a talent he is. Unfortunately, the match just didn't really do it for me. No, uh, I, I define it as just kind of a classic match. And obviously, the trunk grab victory really turned me off from the ending. Yeah, I mean, Jay Lethal has it, got a character that doesn't really need to result to that type of a tactic. I mean, I understand he'll move. But, yeah, it's it's kind of disheartening. Then we go into uh, Thunder Rosa announcing she's not able to compete at all out due to an actual legitimate back injury. Found out later she's got some bulging discs going on and she's not going to be medically cleared for a little bit until that injury is taken care of. But we're going to have a fatal four-way style match for the AEW Women's Interim Championship between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and former AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida. That one will hopefully deliver. I, I'm kind of predicting Britt Baker early for this one, but who knows? We could see Tony Storm, who was recently mentioned that she was going to ex- get her heel turn. But with the whole Thunder Rosa now being out of the picture, that that creative might change a little bit. We go into the next match. Colton Gunn gets the victory over his father, Billy Gunn. I, 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 yeah, I don't have much for it. I wrote, blah, low blow match, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, we got the feud continuing between the acclaimed and Colton and Austin Gunn. Really not much more into it other than Stokely Hathaway's, of course, getting himself involved with the younger guns. Going into uh, another yet promo Death Triangle and United Empire just promoting their match for later in the night. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeats Kylan Keen and, you know, back-to-back weeks of showing Kylan Keen, which is awesome. However, I would like to see them further up Kylan Keen. She's a much better talent than being a jobber. Yeah, I... I wrote this down as an okay match uh i was not satisfied with the content of the match i think that was too quick of a tap out from kylan queen king it's yeah she's a much better talent than that and okay so the one thing i do have to highlight about this match that's just gonna make the ohio fans really happy was this cleveland or cincinnati you remember uh, i think it was cleveland okay so, Dr. Britt Baker being from Pittsburgh, we had pretty much Cleveland chanting, Pittsburgh sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, Carolina, does that make you happy at all? Oh, heart times five million, heart, more hearts. <laughs> oh, hearts, heart, yes. Oh, my God. We cannot heart that comment enough. Say it again. <laughs> we had the Cleveland fans yelling at Britt Baker, Pittsburgh sucks. 
Well, that's true. But you know what? Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, that's another story for another day. Don't need to go there. Okay, back to wrestling. <laughs> All right. Back to wrestling. All right, back to wrestling. I just figured I'd get you involved in that one. But we're going to go on. Uh, there is a backstage segment. I forgot to mention Swerving the Glory apparently came in and saved the Billy Gunn and McClain being attacked by the other two members of Gun Club and Stokely Hathaway. But we see a backstage segment where Swerving the Glory and Acclaim agree to an AEW Tag Team Championship match at All Out. Going on to match number four, which was really... It did not deliver. This this was my biggest disappointment, and we talked about this, and pretty much all of us agreed about this last week, that if they were going to go this angle to go big, they did not go big. No, this match... I'm glad... In some ways, Moxley won, but this match definitely could have went longer. And the one thing that really bugged me about this match is, okay, which foot was it that was really injured? <laughs> because you see CM Punk kick him, do the roundhouse kick with the one foot, mm-hmm. but as he went down, he grabs the foot that he was actually implanted on. Yeah. So I, I. Yeah, that one kind of, I'm not real sold on the whole storyline injury now, or if it's 100%, whatever the case. We'll talk about that once we get into more of the listener interaction here. John Moxley gets the victory over CM Punk. Um, Christian Cage has a segment where he accepts Jungle Boy's challenge for All Out. Ricky Starks makes a challenge to Powerhouse Hobbs for the all-out pay-per-view event. Moxley has his typical out, well, his typical raging promo, being all pissed off and everything. And then the AEW trio semifinal match, I match of the night. Yeah, I mean that one definitely deserved where it needed to be in the card. Absolutely. And we finally got to see Kip Sabian not have a box over his head and. <laughs> gets involved with attacking Pack. You know he's been pretty much attending all of Pack's uh, all Atlantic Championship title defenses. Yeah, I think we're gonna eventually see those two feud for that championship down the road, whether it be at one of the AEW's pay per view events or wherever Pack tours to defend that championship, which is. Pretty much the reason for that championship, actually. Yeah, both these teams did a killer job. Uh, Death Triangle, I've always been a huge fan of. United Empire came in and tore it up and worked extremely well with them. Yeah, Will Ospreay, I tell you, he's one of those talents that doesn't really get exposed enough, especially here in this country and all around the world. But the rest of the parts of the world, he's very well known. And he's not the IWGP United States champion, former IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, he's held many titles in New Japan, also with the promotion, uh, I want to say Revolution or Evolution, something like that. You see him carrying that belt every once in a while on AEW programming. But yeah, he's him and Ozzy Open, is, along with when he has the rest of members like Jeff Cobb and Kong, I can't remember his full name, his full wrestling name. Nonetheless, I mean, yeah, you got those guys. You got Pac, Penta, Ray Phoenix. 
you know, those guys can just kill it any night they want. Heather, what did you think of Dynamite? I really liked it, except for, like, I did not like the CM Punk and the Moxley match. I mean, I, of course I liked that Moxley won, but just the way it went down, I did not like that. I figured it was going to, because I had been waiting on that match. I thought it was going to be a real a real good match, but the way they did it, I didn't like it. But, of course, everybody's saying that's going to be the main event at All Out, but I don't see how they're going to let it play out because he's supposed to be injured. But I really enjoyed the main event, and I like how I did put that as match of the night because I really enjoyed it. Because, um, I mean, it was just was all action, just carry on, just really excellent match. Yeah, it, for me, it it needed more time. Yeah, it did. It needed more time for what it was. I mean, I get Punk trying to sell the foot injury and all that, but that could have gone a little longer for sure. It yeah, it could have. It, it, it was, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, it just it, it just ticked me off because I was like waiting for that match, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then it ended like that. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and it really has me worried about how they're going to go about the main event with All Out for that AEW championship, if that's the direction they go. Everybody's expecting it. But my only worry is now that we have Moxley as the undisputed AEW champion, I don't know. If they put that title back on Punk, it's almost kind of like they really wasted a good match between these two. And I don't, I mean, th- I I don't think it's fair to both talent to do that. No, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't want Punk to get the belt at the time that he did anyway. Like, I, and I, a lot of people said that they felt like it was the right time, this and that. But I, I didn't want, I, I, I wanted Hangman to keep the belt longer than he did. But they said, well, it, it felt like it was time for Punk to get it. But then he got injured, and then they had did the whole interim but uh, for Moxley having it and then for them to have the match like they did and to end it like they did that quick I just felt like that was wrong and then now they're coming back and saying that they're going to have the match it all out but you ended it supposedly where Punk was injured so how are you going to pull this whole thing off is what I'm trying to see like because I mean I've just been waiting for Punk to come back and to have this match and then you end it like you did and it just, like, it just was a waste to me. Like, I'm, so I'm hoping, like, somehow they're going to find a way to pull this off. But then again, like, how, you know, is my whole thing. Yeah, especially when it's only, like, a week and a half away. That, yeah, you're really going to have a lot of logistical issues coming, keeping that storyline going. You have anything else there, Will? No, I don't uh, have anything else. All right. Well, let's go right into the Rampage segment. Very short one, of course, one-hour programming. First, open up the AEW quarterfinals. House of Black comes up short. And, yes, you heard that right if you did not watch it. House of Black lost to Dark Order. Dark Order is going to advance to the semifinals and take on Best Friends. Yeah, this this was an interesting match. I was not expecting it whatsoever. It was definitely savage. And probably my favorite part is Miro coming out. Yeah, his music distracting the entire House of Black. Yep. <laughs> Who was it that got the pinfall on uh, Malachi? Was it 10? I think it was. Yeah, 
I remember one of them rolled rolled up Malachi, got the victory, which is a little unusual to see. Yes. Especially for <laughs> a guy like Malachi Black, you would never expect that kind of a finish on him. Yeah. But unfortunately, it is what it is. But with uh, the post-match, they kept attacking Miro. House of Black kept attacking Miro. Don't know why Dark Order wouldn't have stayed and tried to help the guy out, but they left. But we see Sting and Darby Allen come to the aid of Miro. So I've, I think eventually we're going to see a trios match between those two factions. Hook's interview, pretty much shortened to the point. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, the other members of Jericho Appreciation Society, I can never remember their names. Angelo Parker and I can't remember the other guy. Apparently that's how much he makes a difference for me. They're making it clear they want the FTW Championship. In the second match of the night, if you call it that, TNT Championship, Wardlow retains against Ryan Nemeth. And post-match, Jay Lethal and pretty much announces his trio's partners, the Motor Machine Guns, as they're going to eventually take on Wardlow and FTR, which I believe is scheduled it all out. Yeah, that should be actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And then the baddies have their little interview in the back. Jade dismisses Layla Gray and Lexi Nair. And I think it was Lexi Nair that was a trainee interviewer. But Jade issues the challenge to Athena for the TBS championship all out. And Athena has accepted the old-fashioned way by attacking Jade. <laughs> so we'll see that match take place finally. I think J Athena might be the one that they have her take that championship off jade which will be a little interesting we'll see yeah then we have the mixed tag match for number four of the night sammy guevara and tay Mello defeats the team of uh, ortiz and ruby uh, soho uh hold on there buddy oh what did i miss you, you missed hobbs versus ashton day oh i did damn it that's two weeks in a row well, there's a good reason. I mean, yeah, they, it was they, a short match. These two matches were just squash matches. And which... I even, I even had that written down before the baddies interview. I must have really just spaced <laughs> it. Sorry, guys, but yeah, powerhouse squashes Ashton Day. Nothing match, nothing much there other than post match. The factory shows Will Hobbs that they made the attack on Ricky Starks, which didn't really look like much of an attack. No, I hope that watch imprint didn't hurt Ricky too hard. Then we go into the mixed tag match. Sammy Guevara, Tay Mello defeats Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Um, I don't know. The, to me, the match didn't gel well. No, it seemed absolutely conflicted to me. And what I wrote down for this entire programming was just everything seemed so scattered. Yeah, it's, it's like the booking is finally kind of taken aware on Tony Khan. Yeah. I think now is just the time for Tony to realize, okay... I got my company big enough to where it needs to be. It's time to hire some. I'd create hire a creative team. I honestly would like to see uh, Dustin Rhodes in that position. Well, I believe he is a coach for the women's division. Right. But I, I'm not so sure Dustin would be the way to go right now either with the creative process. I, I would definitely like. I definitely wouldn't go with Hollywood writers like Vince did for no. sure. No. I mean, get some wrestling minds in there and let's see what kind of way they can take that. Because 
there's no reason AEW can't have much better programming with the talent they have. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the only other side note I have, you know, of course, Anna JS comes in, throws Soho into the steps during the match, which leaves Ortiz by himself, and Sammy gets the victory on him. It was kind of a dud. Then match number five, the main event, which I was really looking forward to, and I'm sorry, it did not live up to my expectations. Claudio Castanoli retains the Ring of Honor World Championship against Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, he did, and what what I noticed about it was just, it was a really lame ending. Yeah, I mean, the inadvertent low blow. Yeah. But to me, it just seemed like these guys weren't really into the match either. No. Did that kind of take you away from it, too? Uh, it did, but uh, the overall program really just kind of killed me after that first match. The first match was decent, but the rest of the night was just crap. Yeah, it just, like I said, and I'm sure we got a, I'm sure we got a listener that's going to have a couple of views on that. And but uh, Heather, how did you feel about Rampage? Yeah, the only thing I really liked about it was the first match and then Miro coming out. And then I liked when um, Sting and Darby came out at the end. That was really about the only thing that I enjoyed about the night because, like, the squash matches and everything. It's just, I, yeah, it wasn't really that good. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a little bit of a frustration for the night. And, like, Will mentioned, the programming just. It definitely have seen better days, and it's, I don't know, it's, there's definitely something Tony needs to change up, and he needs to change it up quick if he wants people to take his product a little more serious. Did you have anything else on that, Will? I really do not. Okay. With that being said, why don't we get into the listeners' reactions, questions, comments. Please remember to raise your hand so we can... See who wants to come up first. Go ahead, Jason. I mean, I, I go ahead and get, get started. I did pretty much pay attention to Rampage. I think I was on um, Carolyn. We, was, we were uh, talking about college football that night, so I didn't really pay too much attention to Rampage. I didn't monitor it. Did nothing jump out at me. But Dynamite, um, you can see that Tony Khan is in a little bit of a funk as far as booking. I mean, and it's been that way for a while, but I mean, ever since after Forbidden Door, you can even say after Forbidden Door, he's kind of been in a funk with the booking. And tonight, I believe it kind of is kind of starting to show its ugly head right now. Um, but the show wasn't bad. In my opinion, the show wasn't bad. The problem I'm having right now is the direction that, that, that this company is going in the future. Um, now, the uh, only questionable match was Mox versus Punk. Um, I don't have a lot of problems with it like everybody else does. And we'll get, I'll get to that later on, but, um, I can see where everybody else is disappointed because they built this up like this was going to be the biggest match 
in Dynamite history. It was supposed to be the main event. And then during the show, it was going to start the top of the second hour. And then you only get, what, about five minutes? And then Punk supposed to injure his foot, but it was the wrong foot. It wasn't really the injured foot or whatever. So I can see what people didn't like where they didn't like that match. Now, as far, but what I did love was Mox, Mox's promo after that. That was awesome. That was really awesome. It was probably one of the highlights of the night. The most disturbing part of Dynamite, because I got a lot of notes in about the good and the bad, but I'm not going to even go there. Uh, the most disturbing one, Thunder Rosa. First of all, there's the injury bugs of 2022. This is the year of the injury bug for both companies. You know, from Becky Lynch to Chris Statlander, now we got Thunder Rosa. She's going to be out. Um, so I really hope she gets better, you know, and shout out to her. But uh, after that, Britt Baker's promo. And I don't care if she's playing a character or playing it up. It's just classless. It's childish. It's the kind of thing you don't want to see on a... This is the kind of thing that we kind of criticize Vince McMahon for. And now it's on AEW TV. This is not the kind of thing we, we, we need to see. We want to... That I don't even want to hear. Okay, you wrestled your whole... Whole championship run with a broken wrist. But having a broken a wrist... Which I broke my wrist before, and that's not a walk in the park, but a bulging disc in your back. That's serious. That's very serious. That is very serious. And to get up there and to say that, that is that just shows that's classless. I don't care for Britt Baker personally no more. I mean to see a character in my thing right there after that promo, and this is just my personal opinion, because I know everybody speaks high of Britt Baker. She wears that belt. It's a wrap for it. I'm not going to say it's a complete wrap for the AEW's women's division, but why should people care about it? Because it's clearly obvious that Tony Khan, when it comes to the women in AEW, Tony Khan only cares about two women. Britt Baker, Jay Cargill. It is just obvious. So that right there really, 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 really disturbed me. Uh, I don't want to get too much about the dirt sheet. I'm glad you mentioned about the dirt sheets because I don't pay attention to the dirt sheets. The only thing I would say about the dirt sheet reports about AEW and what has been going on backstage, a little bit of it has played out Played out on Dynamite this week. You could tell. If it didn't play out last week, if, it didn't, if, it, if, if, if you didn't obviously see it last week, you definitely saw it this week. So I, I'm going to uh, land my plane there before I go on and um, ramble on and on and on about it. But that's all I want to say about Dynamite because despite it being a good show overall, uh, the negatives really stuck out with a sore thumb, and that's why I think AEW kind of uh, sucked this week. It, it, now I'll land my plane right there. All right. Thanks for your input and insight there, Jason. Appreciate it. Does anybody else have anything? Jay, I thought you had something there. No, I thought about it, and I'm just like, dynamite. Honestly, it really doesn't like uh, do much good for me right now. If they have their like a uh, 
honestly, if they have their uh, creative schedule, like their creative change or something like that, something's got to give with this organization. I'm only going to say your favorites are not trying to be your, your favorites should not be on the pedestal as of right now. They shouldn't. There are others in that company that need a fair shot at what they absolutely have fought for. I, I swear, it's honestly like WWE all over again with Vincent, with Vincent Moon. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that right now, but it kills me to even think about it. You're really trying to just um, pigeonhole everybody just for the sake of one or two people on your roster. There's only so much like, talent to go around. And if AEW really wants to be on that uh, fast track to getting uh, that million views like they already did right now, they have to start. They have to start rotating these cast of characters, or just pushing others to the side and, and bring others in. Look what happened with everybody that actually got injured. You had others that like um, stepped up for a major role, and they absolutely killed it. You have to do it, unless you really want that uh, slope of uh, that six thousand, seven thousand, or six thousand, five thousand like ratio. You have to start like. Um, caring about other superstars and other than the ones you have now that are like on TV on a regular basis. Nope, I totally agree. I think the good thing with Triple H and Stephanie now taking command of WWE, hopefully this with their product now starting to definitely show much improvement than where it was with Vince the last few months. And don't get me wrong when I say this, Tony Khan is a smart man, believe it or not. I actually did get a chance to mingle with him on the cruise ship on Chris Jericho Part 2 cruise. And the guy does have a good sense of wrestling knowledge. I just think maybe with this change with WWE where Hunter is now taking it to a, back to the direction he was wanting it before, this might actually challenge Tony Khan to finally step outside the box and try to do some different things, but he's got to move on it quicker than definitely what Vince McMahon changed when WCW was giving him the, the little bit of grief there for 83 weeks. We're going to hit our final segment here, our very favorite, the top 10 wrestlers of the week. Each and every week we compose our list basically of who wrestled and where we figured they believe, ah, where they fall in our own top 10s. Will, you got a good list this week, I'm sure. I have a conflicted list. This was different. Uh, we had a hard time last week with our lists because there was so much great content. And this week I struggled because of the AEW programming a bit, but I've got the top ten. The only one I'm really going to explain my reason for is number one. No. So, so. Well, I said you never have to explain your top ten. Everyone has their top tens. And everyone listening and participating, if you got your top tens, we definitely want to hear them. So let's go ahead and we'll get the top tens going. Should we start with the lady first? Sure. All right. The other, who do you got as your number 10? Um, I put Tyler Bate. All right. Because I really have not ever watched him wrestle, but I like the match, so I just put Tyler Bate. Cool. All right. Will? Yeah, my number 10 is Claudio Castagnoli. 
awesome. And at my number 10, just because of the different type of main event match it was, Wendy Chu, NXT 2.0. I thought, <laughs> I definitely probably would have put her a little higher, but like you said, it was kind of conflicting with this week's programming. Yeah, I was actually pretty close to putting her in my list. She just, she didn't quite make it. Yeah, I to me she made it just because I saw a much more serious side of her on this. Yeah. But anyways, Heather, you're number nine. Wendy Chu. All right. High, <laughs> high five, girly. <laughs> Will, you're number nine. Kevin Owens. Wow. I figured he probably would have been higher this week on yours. No, no. Oh. Anyhow, my number nine, Finn Balor. Going into number eight, Heather. I put Bobby Lashley. Good choice. Will? Yeah, uh, Dark Order. For their <laughs> upset victory over House of Black there? Absolutely. Plus, I've always just really been a big fan of them. Yeah, very unexpected, but it's kind of nice to see something a little surprising once in a while. And Yeah. I gave number eight to Wardlow. I would have placed him a little higher, but I would have. I want to start seeing a little more competitive matches with the TNT title defenses. Yes. Heather, you're number seven. Dark Order. <laughs> wow, you two are consistent. <laughs> Did you share a list with each other? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Thought maybe you were pulling a heel turn on me. Anyways, Will, you're number seven. Blair Davenport. Good choice, good choice. My number seven went to Damian Priest, even though he came up short against Edge. I feel Edge made him look even better in that main event spot on Raw. And I really think we're going to get some good things out of Damian Priest as he progresses in his WWE career. Heather, you're number six. I put Claudio. All right. All right. My number six, John Moxley. Yeah, well, and then my number six was yours. Number seven, I believe, Blair Davenport. Yep. Yeah, I thought she definitely had a good showing. Number five, Heather. I put Moxley. Mm -hmm. Don't laugh, that's her guy. <laughs> well, no, it's just you're kind of correct about our lists being really similar. Oh, shit. <laughs> you too. Oh, boy. Are you going to start sit sick and Sergeant Slaughter on me, too? If I got to get involved with Twitter, sure. Oh, shit. Anyways, you're number five. Um, oh, you gave your number five. No, I have not. Oh, sorry. Did you get her number five? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, so my number five is actually Kylan King. Oh. Yep. Good one. Yeah, she definitely should be an honorable mention on mine. I don't know why I didn't put her on my honorable mentions, but my number five went to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm sorry, Jason. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just... Her, her in-ring has definitely developed a lot better over the years when I very first saw her, which I believe the first time I ever watched her wrestle was the all-in pay-per-view where all the independent promotions got together and yeah. proved that butthead Dave Meltzer wrong. 
especially when he said they wouldn't get 10,000 draws and they exceeded that. But from that time, I've watched her. Yeah, she's definitely developed to being a better in-ring performer. Her promo skills, yeah, after this week probably maybe needs to tone down just a little bit. But yeah, nonetheless, she's my number five. And going into number four, Heather, who do you got? Number four, I put Drew McIntyre. Yeah, definitely a good one to have in there. Hmm. Will? Yeah, uh, my number four, Tyler Bate. Yeah, he had really good showing. My number four was United Empire's Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I thought they had a real killer match there with Death Triangle. Probably would have been a little higher, little bit higher if it wasn't for the involvement of Kip Sabian, but it is what it is. But now we're going into number three. Heather, who do you got? I went ahead and put Dax, even though the match wasn't the end like it should have. I went ahead and put Dax. Yeah, good. Oh, what, my number three? Yeah, your number three. Raquel Rodriguez for pulling it on her own. Yeah, that was a little disappointing at the end of that match there. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, though, that Bailey pointed that out after the match was over. Oh, how convenient, Elias, now here. <laughs> With lots of energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, num- my number three goes to the team of Dakota Kai and Eosky. I their match with uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka on Monday Night Raw. It was just one of those killer tag matches I think should have been further, more toward the end of the night. It wasn't bad to have as an opener, but that definitely was more a main event level type match. Who you got for number two there, Heather? I put Edge. All right. Your number two? United Empire. <laughs> wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they definitely deserve being way up there this week. My number two went to John Moxley, and he would have been my number one had the match gone gotten a little more time and a little more storyline-wise. But I think they went with the right move, but having him become the undisputed AEW champion... And for the final, number one, Heather, who's your top of the week? Death Trial. Good choice. Yeah, definitely a good choice. So, my number one, I'm just going to go ahead and say welcome back. Joey Gargano, thank you for that kick into Theory's face. Wow, you and Heather are so similar, it scares me. Yeah, well... You, you just like to pick on Theory, the little guy, the new guy? Little. Well, okay, young guy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, my number one, just because I've been a big fan of his since his Ring of Honor days, just seeing the prize fighter Kevin Owens. He's, he is uh, coming out of answering Gable's challenge on Monday Night Raw and showing his prize fighter side. I'm hoping... At some point, we're going to see him with yet another run with the top title in the company. He's definitely earned it. He's showing the, the, his normal wrestling style. And I hope they do not have him tone it down like Vince McMahon had him do. 
with my honorable mentions, though, I will mention some of the talent that I thought could have made my top ten. Definitely Dolph Ziggler, Edge, Ricochet, Cameron Grimes, Drew McIntyre, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Those were my guys that I could have been considering my top ten, but I didn't feel they quite made it with the rest of mine. Did you have any honorable mentions, Will? No, not really. How about you, Heather? No, I didn't. All right. With that being said, anybody have a top ten they want to share? Yeah, I got one. Go for it. All right. First of all, the honorary mentions uh, first, uh, KO, Jay Lethal, and... um, Somebody escaped my head, and I'll probably get back to him. But let me go ahead and go to the list. Uh, number 10 is uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, it's good to see him back. You know he's going to do good things when he uh, once he gets back in the ring in the WWE. And I'm looking forward to that. Number 9, it was good to see Bailey back in the ring. You know, Bailey's one of my uh, top fives in, in, in the women's game. So it's good to see Bailey back in there. Uh, number 8, I'm going to get it to both Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu. It's great to see the former Karen Q actually do what she is good at doing. Um, I mean, we have to see, I mean, the most I've seen for Karen Q in the WWE outside the Mae Young Classic was the Mae Lee character in this Wendy Chu gimmick. I kind of disagree with you a little bit, John, when you said early on about the uh, getting her out the onesie and then she had another one. I mean, I was just happy that she's not wrestling in a full onesie no more. So her and her little ring gear right there didn't bother me because she wasn't in there. I kind of felt bad for the woman. That was actually William that said that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, William? Okay, Will. All right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. I Just a little bit disagreement. It wasn't no big thing, but it was a little bit of disagreement with that. Uh, Number seven is Blair Davenport. Uh, six, I just give it to Sami Zayn because Sami is just entertaining. He's just good TV, period. Whether he's in the ring, promo, segment, Sami is good TV. Uh, number five is Dax Harwood. I mean, he's whether it's tag team or in singles, man, Dax has really been killing it this whole year. I mean, if y'all want to say he's wrestler of the year, I mean, you won't get no argument for me for Dax Harwood. Number four is Tyler Bate. And three is Will Ospreay. Two is John Moxley, and my number one is going to the hometown boy Edge this weekend. I just loved how he performed. Um, Damian Priest, who was also my other honorary mention that I did not—that's who escaped my head. But Edge is my number one. Awesome, great list there. Does anybody else have a top ten they want to share? Uh, Carolina's having technical difficulties. That's why she couldn't talk. Oh, no worries. I I get that. We had that trying to start the space today, so... And then she just laughs. All right, well, Chris just left the room. Jay, I'm going to send you one more invite just to possibly see if you want to throw in a top ten. That's a lot of silence we got going there. <laughs> there we go. Hey, what's up? Hey, Jay, did you have a top ten you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, I actually did have a top ten that I want to share with y'all. So my top ten currently is um, 
You got um, the uh, um, the Miz at number ten. What he's been doing with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and this whole like uh, this whole toolage thing has been awesome. This is um, this has been really uh, up and down as of late, but I think it's going somewhere. Then you got um, number eight at for number uh, we got Rhea Ripley at number eight. She's been doing uh, an amazing job just uh, being that enforcer for the Judgment Day. She's been inter- uh, antagonizing, uh, antagonizing uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Then you got Dominic Mysterio at number seven. He's been uh, doing great as a solo punching bag for uh, for Rhea Ripley. She's been like a really egging him on, just join the Judgment Day or you're going to get this beating, then this beating, and then this beating. Okay, okay, we get it. You're going to give me beatings. But um, then we got um, we got Theory at number six. He's been uh, just a little bit of a cocky asshole, just saying, this is why I'm here. It's, it's exactly why I'm here. You got me as the number one guy. The, you, you got me as the top ba- like, uh, the top heel. You honestly think uh, I'm going to just let this opportunity pass me by? Come on now. I got the briefcase, and I can do whatever I want with it. And you got... Um, we got Will Ospreay at number uh, number five. I like uh, Will Ospreay. I want to see more of the guy in a more single role, um, for, uh, just a little bit away from uh, United Empire. Then you got Edge, who's um, doing some dominant work as uh, as of late, trying to get back at Judgment Day for all they did to him. You have um, Dexter Lewis at number three. The whole stalker mentality, just um, giving his uh, whole creepy vibe about him. That's what that, that's that, that's awesome. Then you have um, Kevin Owens is at number two. Whole dominant prize fighter, going to get back at the top. I love it. And then I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna put uh, John Moxley at number one for those who are absolutely surprised at that. He's been uh, really just um, that mean streak of his that cannot be um, duplicated by anybody else in that company. That um, that rough rider mentality I just love. And uh, that's my list. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. I'd like to thank each and every one of you who decided to tune in live and take participation live on this recording on Twitter Space. This is episode number 24 as we discuss the weekly programming of WWE and AEW for the week of August 25th through the 26th, 27th? Whatever 26th. that is. Whatever. No, yeah, 26th, which was Friday. And basically want to give a thank you to Lipson.com for allowing us to host our podcast on their server, Pixabay.com for letting us donate to their site and allowing us to use royalty-free music provided by GVID and Light Saturation Coma Media. You can also listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Player FM, Samsung, GL7, Boomplay, Deezer, Ghana, Rezo, and more recently, we found out about a month ago, we're 
actually having our content uploaded to the YouTube channel. Just search for Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. Also want to say you can interact with us on multiple different platforms. We have a Facebook group. Find us on the the fans of Pro Wrestling. I'm on Twitter on two different accounts. You can find me at WF Insight Podcast or at John, J-O-H-N, W-F, Insight, on, again, on Twitter. We can also have a phone, uh, not a phone, but a voicemail system. It's uh, area code 385-367-4772. Be sure to leave us a voicemail or whatnot. And I want to thank my co-hosts, William Hoppy, Heather, most special enforcer, Carolina, there. I'd like to thank J, Commander Aziz, on Twitter, Jason, do you want to give us your handle there, Jason? My bad, I didn't hear you. What's up? Oh, no, you're good. I was just giving a thank you to you. Uh, what, what's your handle on Twitter? Sorry, I can't see it. Oh, it's uh, at, at DNegronomics. It's kind of hard to... It's complicated, let's just say. Oh, it's all good. Uh, Commander Aziz J, his handle is J5 underscore 18 underscore 93. Carolina, you can reach her at Caro, C-A-R-O-B-U-C-K-S. And you can also reach Heather on Twitter at BamaGirl underscore four, the number four that is, underscore E-V-A. And with that being said, Heather, Will, you guys got anything else? Nothing. Aussie Open versus the Elite. Should be a banger. (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely, uh, like, reminding our listeners, we will definitely be uh, taking next week off Twitter space. We'll have a pre-recorded segment. Uh, remember, you've got a triple header coming up. I first said double header, but it was corrected by Jason. Remember, you got NXT Worlds Collide. We have AEW's All Out and WWE's Clash at the Castle. That being said, everything's final. We're going to end this recording. This is John Hoppy, your host, and we will catch you next time.